preamble on this one because i haven't recorded in a bit so like i haven't even opened up my stuff i'm doing it real loosey real goosey mm-hmm. uh, okay yeah it's funny because uh okay so when let's compare tuesday october 17th okay so it's just a little over a month i've seen when the first uh email to myself for this episode, which is number 630, that's, that's something, uh, when I sent it. So yeah, about a month ago. So I, I guess I'm nearish, uh, keeping to that one month schedule, but also, you know, just sort of letting flow what may, which seems to be the way to go as far as I'm concerned. And I am concerned because, well, this is my podcast. Welcome to the Libra Cube. My name is Jordan Wayman and I am the lackadaisical Libra Cube list. It's something I used to say at the top of every episode. However, that lackadaisicalness, might not be a word, has transformed in such a way that now I just kind of like start talking. Mm-hmm. And that's fine as well. Uh, all right. So I have all my windows open and it seems like we got a fair amount. Let me do things that are not contained within windows, windowless mode. You might say, I hope you would. Um, so, uh, recently in terms of long plays, which if you are unfamiliar, uh, were you to go over to, uh, youtube.com or other dots, uh, and search librarian long place, or is it the librarian long place? Librarian long place, you'll you'll probably get there. Uh, well, you know, let me just see. I imagine you will. It'd be weird if you didn't. Librarian long place. Yes, I am at the top. Yay! <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it'd be kind of weird if I wasn't, because that combination of words is not. Totally normal. Oh, I changed my, uh, excuse me. I changed my, uh, little tagline, uh, quantity with rare bets of quality, which sort of, you know, 630 episodes into a podcast that nobody listens to, you know, very fitting. I would say, yeah, that sort of, uh, defines a lot of the, uh, things I've done on the internet over the years, quantity with rare bets of quality, including, I, I'm just thinking back to my, uh, uh, back on Twitter when I used to, you know, be on that horrible site, uh, follow me on blue sky, actually <laughs> Maywood. Yeah, I am I'm Maywood over on blue sky. Anyways, uh, you know, would just throw out what I used to call back in the day, just tweets, hashtag just tweets, which, uh, you know, they're still on there, uh, which was, you know, we'll throw jokes and quotes, but you know, jokes, funny little thoughts and sayings and stuff. Uh, and I used to just throw up a crap ton of them and, you know, every one in, you know, let's try to be not too generous to myself and also not modest. One in 25 was good. <laughs> uh, but I'm doing that now on blue sky actually. And I've been having fun doing so. It sort of reminds me of early Twitter in that, there still seems to be, you know, sort of a community growing of, you know, potentially like-minded individuals. And while the racism is not non-existent because it is of course the internet, uh, it is less, it is lessened compared to the fucking dumpster fire. That is Twitter. I refuse to say X unless I'm talking about an ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that doesn't really make sense anyways. So this meandering that I'm doing, uh, is because, and I know I've mentioned this before, uh, I would record long plays and I was like so far ahead. I eventually reached a point where <clears throat> I had episodes loaded for up to a year ahead, like a calendar year. <clears throat> 
so I decided because I started to exceed that, um, that I would switch it to one episode dropping every Sunday to an episode dropping every Sunday and Wednesday. So I sort of like moved everything up and I'm still like eight months ahead, which, uh, the reason I do that is sort of, you know, remove the stress of, oh no, I haven't recorded anything this week. What am I going to do? I, I'm not going to have an episode this week. Oh my God. Uh, so that stress does not exist for me, which was when I tried streaming, um, you know, a while ago, quite a while ago, years, I guess it would be, uh, when I was one of the original VTubers, Pickles McGee, the polar bear, for some reason, the cigar smoking polar bear. Yeah, that was a. That was a thing. All right. Anyways, back when I was doing that, uh, it made somehow, some way playing video games, not fun. And a lot of that came with the sense of obligation. And they do say, you know, if you want to be a actual factual streamer, you need to record like minimum three days a week and like eight hours a day, you know, you got to put in hours and I was unable to do that and didn't really have the desire to do that. And it, it just sort of like, you know, this, the, the, the stress of this is not worth, <laughs> it's not worth, uh, whereas doing these long plays, if anything, it is added layers of fun to the games that I would play regardless. So, you know, it's sort of a win-win for me. Uh, my rust. Um, no commentary. This was sort of a little experimentation, uh, playing rust, uh, which I have been, you know, I got like 1600 hours in it now. Um, uh, those have just started dropping those ones. I am doing every single day just because I worry the no commentary, uh, it's straying from the traditional form of the channel sort of. So rather than spread those out, I'm just, you know, going to drop them all at once, uh, one a day for like a, a, I think it's like a week and change. So, you know, go over and check that out. If that is of interest to you, I've also been doing, uh, using Rust, creating these sort of like musical, sort of a chill lo-fi, not a hundred percent lo-fi, but a lot of lo-fi playlists where the visuals that accompany it are rust. So like I've done one where, uh, I drive around the map on like a, a on a rainy day and, and throw some wiper sounds on. Uh, I, I recently did one where, uh, I rode a train around the map. Um, there was a kayaking one, the, uh, lighthouse. Like just, just cool. The, 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 one of the crazy ones I've just done was, uh, created this sort of base in the treetops where you're just sort of walking through these, I'd almost say like trippy visuals as the music plays. Um, you know, they're not incredibly popular, but, uh, they are because they are fun to make. Uh, I feel like I probably will continue to do them. Uh, okay. So I think that's it in terms of you know, things I wanted to talk about that I don't have in my notes. Uh, all right. So let's move to the top, which is a television. And, and you know what? I'm going to just do these in the order that I consumed these pieces of media rather than, uh, uh, you know, keep my movies and TVs together. Uh, okay. So the first is a television program, or, uh, I guess maybe a mini series is maybe more accurate. Uh, the fall of the house of usher. Oh, this thing to secure their fortune and future in brackets. Interesting. Uh, two ruthless siblings build a family dynasty that begins to crumble when their heirs mysteriously die one by one. <laughs> uh, this is from, uh, Mike Flanagan, who, um, also created things that I have spoken of on this, including midnight mass and the haunting of Hill house. Oh, I actually did Gerald's game and Dr. Sleep, which I'm sure I also spoke of. Uh, Gerald's game. If you watch that, uh, at least for a while, you will sleep with a glass of water beside your bed. <laughs> I would say anyways, back to, uh, follow house. Uh, so this is the last 
in his sort of, I, I, I don't think they're connected necessarily, but they do have a vibe connected by vibe. And, uh, this is probably, no, it, it definitely is the, the most gruesome and gory of, uh, of all these, I would say, uh, yeah, it, repeatedly, uh, at the end of, I wouldn't maybe even go most of these episodes, like just looking at them. This is like, Jesus Christ, what the hell are you making me watch here? What the fuck? Like, yeah, brutal, brutal, but uh, you know, in a good way, in a, in a fun way. Oh yeah. Mark Hamill in this plays probably one of, uh, I don't know if it's his most interesting character, <laughs> you know, he, he gets nervous and stuff. uh, Joker, he, he's like my favorite Joker, but his character in this is like, I feel like I could watch an entire series based on just his character in this. We get a little into his backstory and it's fascinating. And to me sort of stole the show a lot of the times, every time he was there and the voice he did was you know interesting oh we got raul my buddy i whenever i mentioned him to the missus i would say my buddy raul i don't know why parasocial probably uh anyways the follow the host of usher how many episodes was it 10 i think rating wise uh yeah i'd go like a solid four uh some five moments some of the brutal deaths you know if that uh, floats your boat you're gonna like this i assume uh like a succession but uh, a horror although that was kind of a bit of a horror in a different way speaking of horror in two regards one in that it's a horror movie and two and then it's just a horrible movie uh the meg 2 or sorry, Meg two colon the trench. Ugh. Okay. So this is like bad and not so good. It's bad. I would go just get the rating out of the way, probably two, maybe less. And something the missus and I did was, uh, we wanted to watch this and then we both hadn't remembered that we watched Meg one. So we're like, okay, well, well, let's watch the first one first and then we'll watch this one. So we started watching the Meg and then got, you know, 10, 15 minutes in and like, wait a second, we've seen this, which to me is one of the worst signs of your horrible movie is when you don't even remember you watched it. It's such a painful or probably more accurate, boring memory that it's just like, um the the acting bad the writing bad the visuals not great uh it's just like everything there's the one girl like the main girl in this what's her uh name is it whoopie van ram wow that's an awesome name is that the girl i'm thinking of anyways the the, the sort of main or one of the main girls they give her the most, I guess you could say quintessential, but in a boring way, <laughs> the, the, like the most, the, the most action movie lines of an action movie that is being made fun of that I've ever heard in my entire life. And, uh, eventually uh, we sort of realize every word out of her mouth, like you could pull out of this story and just like having any action movie with any action happening and it would still make sense because it just didn't matter. <sighs> okay. So <laughs> if somehow, some way episode 630 is the first, uh, uh, episode of this podcast you're listening to. Normally I only say nice things about movies and television and people's and stuff, but this was just so bad that, uh, you know, I, I lean closer towards a one. Yeah. Not, good the meg series as a whole and you know what i normally like jason statham statham what's what was his original uh i wouldn't mind re-watching those yeah what was it again his like um his like original series that sort of made him famous i guess the transporter transporter yeah i wouldn't mind re-watching those like those were good 
Anyways, moving on to, oh, an internet. Rikon Roleplays. Yeah, uh, I've spoken of on this channel very highly in the past. And um, he uh, recently played a game that uh, I've played for, you know, on and off for years now. A game called Neo Scavenger. In fact, wait, I think I might have the ability to do something here. Oh, no, that's going to be a pain. No, okay, wait, wait, wait. Give me one second. Uh, the fact that all my notes are contained um, within my email, my podcast notes over the years. Oh, why is that doing that? Uh, means that were I to uh, Google search my email for Neil Scavenger, it would pop up episode 460. <laughs> That's kind of interesting, right? Uh, so if you go back to episode 460, you can hear me talk about the evil within and Neo scavenger. Oh, you had a twofer on that one. What else appeared in that? Um, oh, this is when I used to actually write episode description. Uh, the year 460 was a leap year, hmm. but this does not mean you should leap over this episode. Oh God. Uh, episodes ending in zero, of course, mean two week break for you to get caught up. Oh yeah. I forgot. I used to do that. So I would do like 10 episodes, uh, one a week and then two weeks off and then two and then 10 and then two and then 10. Yeah. Uh, so in this episode, the movies were for the movie monologue section, Deadpool two, mm -hmm. take your pills. I don't remember that one. Insidious, insidious, the last key and Burt Kreischer secret time. The sponsor of the movie monologue was leg growth pills. Skip leg day with leg growth pills. <laughs> uh, television talk was X-Files season 11. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, the, the television talk sponsor was the Mengele effect. Ooh. I guess that's like the Mandela effect, but you know, horrifying. Uh, book banter was mythos. The Greek myths retold by Stephen Fry. Huh. Uh, the book banter sponsor was Hermes Laxative. Fast acting, needless to say. Mm -hmm. So Game Gabin was Eve Within and Neo Scavenger. And the sponsor was Sebastian Bran Electrolysis Chairs. I think that's an Evil Within reference, but I don't remember. Um, uh, internet intercourse, steampunks, steampunks, and then, and colon game spot. I don't remember what that is. And dual wielders. Huh. All right. Well, that's a, a, a trip to the past, uh, episodes. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, back to Neo scavenger. So he'll sort of do, uh, he'll role play his way through a game like this. Um, kind of sort of kind of sort of he like light role play like he'll talk about the mechanics of the game and you know do a lot of it out of character talk but then you know decisions the character is mace, uh, making are based on role play and uh you know he'll have you know in character role play talk and, and i don't mind that like i don't need 100% role play 100% of the time and when i do long plays although my ratio of in character to out of character is uh, probably more than say this, for example, the way I stay in character for most of the time. And when I'm not in character, I do out of character whispers. Um, I, I'm fine with, you know, a mixture of the both. I, I don't need 100% one way or the other. I, I think a mix is fine, especially, um, although I know how to play this game, if I didn't, this wouldn't necessarily be a tutorial on how to play. However, uh, you do definitely learn a lot as you watch Rikon learn how to play as well. Um, which by the end, uh, you know, cool things happening. Needless to say, he definitely got farther and seemed to have better luck. Well, he seemed to definitely play smarter than any of the times I've played. And I definitely learned a lot of cool, uh, uh, tricks and tips that, uh, next time I do play, I feel like I will be you know, I'll do better. I got good by watching him play. I feel like, uh, so, you know, check that out. Right on roleplays.
he's got a, got a lot of good series. Uh, I believe last time we spoke of him, it was probably with a cataclysm dark days ahead series of some sort, which, um, you know, maybe I'll, I'll dip my toe back into one of his. Okay. So now I've got a, a, a twofer, a movie two pack, uh, that the missus and I on uh, a Sunday, we watched one. And then on a Sunday after we watched the other one. And I, of course, talking from 1993 and 1995 grumpy old men and grumpier old men. Oh, these two. Let's see what the does say uh, a lifelong feud between two neighbors since childhood only gets worse when a new female neighbor moves across the street, followed by John and Max resolve to save their beloved bait shop from turning into Italian restaurant. Just as it's new female or owner catches Max's attention. This is of course starring Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau, the odd couple you might call them. I thought they were a couple, but they were in a movie and, uh, I think two movies. Yeah. They weren't in the TV show, were they? It was, it was other people that on couple TV show. Yeah. Was it them? Yeah. It was Tony Randall and Jack Klugman, uh, Jack Klugman. That's, that's a handle in the, in the TV show. Oh, there's a Gary Marshall joint. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, anyways, if you're unfamiliar with these two, just sort of quintessential comedy duo, uh, I think, uh, you know, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon are top tier, S tier, uh, the goats, all of the above, uh, seeing them and they're sort of interacting with one another is, is, is. I feel like never not good. And, uh, this is a prime example. Um, rating wise, this is interesting. Like I, I, I sort of have these despite recently watching them. They're, they're both sort of in my mind together. Um, like mixed to the degree where, you know, you could pull one scene from one of the movies and move it to the other and vice versa. And, you know, you'd still probably have somewhat the same movie. It's like the second one is just more of the same and that's not necessarily a bad thing because the same is a very good movie, a, a funny sort of heartwarming, perfect as I say for a Sunday as the missus and I did. So for that reason, rating wise, I feel like for a Sunday movie, this is a five out of five, both of these, uh, any other day of the week, you know, you probably go less, but for a Sunday, this, this is perfect. You'll laugh, you'll, you'll cry, you'll, you know, you'll do other things. Uh, if like the misses, you love things with, uh, you know, old men, <laughs> you know, so much the better, I guess. Uh, moving on to from 2022, this one, I feel like kind of flew under the radar. Uh, confess colon or comma Fletch. Uh, yeah, Fletch originally. Uh, a series of, I think it was just two movies starring, uh, Mr. Chevy or Chevy chase, um, where he plays sort of a, a bumbling yet usually pretty effective, uh, detective, uh, now played by, uh, Mr. John Hamm, who I feel like if you were going to recast Fletch as any person, John Hamm is like the perfect choice. So whoever, however that worked out, you know, uh, like kismet, kismet. Um, and after watching it, he's got very much, very strong and very accurate. I would say Fletch vibes. Uh, I liked it. I, I'd watch more of these. Uh, after becoming the prime suspect in multiple murders, Fletch strives to prove his innocence while simultaneously searching for his fiance's stolen art collection. Fiance. I don't remember they got engaged. Um, a dead body, a stolen Picasso, and this guy. It says on the, on the poster. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. What do I say about confess Fletch? Why did people not like this? Yeah. What's the rating on IMDb? Not that I trust that. Okay. What's the, uh, rotten tomatoes. It's usually a little more rotten tomat. Uh, oh, 
Sweet. Yeah, it's got good. I mean, audience score is 75. Uh, it's 86%. Yeah. Hmm. Why did the, why did nobody like talk of this? <laughs> I feel like it just sort of came out. It just sort of blurred. Uh, shorter, uh, let's see. Sh con critics consensus shorter on watchy, wacky hijinks, but still very funny. Fletcher's a showcase for John Hamm's comedic chops. Yeah. That revives this long dormant franchise with style. Yeah. Very, I, I, Hey, I agree. That's my, uh, you know what? I'm a, uh, I'm criticizing things and I'm consensing with things. Consensing. It's not a word. I should just move on. Uh, yeah, I, I would recommend, and I definitely would watch more of these related to make them. And I'm a huge John. Uh, I feel like John Hamm. I've never seen him in anything where I haven't thoroughly enjoyed his performance, including Mad Men, which uh, the end scenes of Mad Men match up perfectly with the end scenes of Samurai Jack. Huh? Uh, I have proof. I'll tell you what. If you want proof of that, you can over on Blue Sky at me maywood dot blue sky whatever it is um and i'll uh, i'll post the proof yeah that's right you gotta work for it though i'm not so gonna give it up willy-nilly uh moving on to starfields the video game from bethesda hmm. so i long played this uh i think it was about uh how many episodes did that get up to let me just see I can check here. I have the capability. If I just click on a bunch of buttons, click on this button, loaded to YouTube file. Nine, ten. So it's ten episodes. Um, you know, four to. So that's four hours, three and a half, six and a half, five, five. Five and a half, five, five, five and a half, four and a half, and three. So that amount of hours, I, I put a decent chunk of hours. I didn't do 100% of side missions, but I did a nice chunk. Uh, I did do main story, of course. Uh, I didn't get 100% of the, the, you know, I'll give some spoilers here, which, oh, you know what, I haven't done spoiler warnings and. A long time. You know what? It's just the fact that <clears throat> I sort of do this podcast mostly because it helps me to get all this stuff from my brain out of there. Uh, as I used to say, out of the dusty attic of my mind into the interwebs. Um, so because I feel like that is one of the main reasons I do this and not because people are actually listening to me talk. Um, uh, maybe that's why I sort of lessened the feel of a need for strong spoiler warnings. Just assume that if I'm talking of a thing, I may spoil it, but, uh, you know, I also do try to be cognizant and, you know, warn. So that's what I'm doing in a very, very long winded way. Mm hmm. Anyways, um, it, okay. Well, you know what? I, I think giving the rating will help me talk of this game. And that rating is three out of five. Now my rating scale is such that a three to five means I had enjoyment while playing, but I wouldn't play again. And when it comes to Starfields, there were probably four moments of four out of five may even some cool five out of five moments, but it also definitely veered into two out of five and maybe even some one out of five, just boring, boring moments. And I, I think that's the issue. Um, so since I played Starfield, I've played a few other games and have recently moved into playing a uh, long playing fallout four, um, fallout four after uh, 10 hours, two episodes in, I've already had more fun than I did in the entirety of my Starfield playthrough. Also further nail in coffin. 
Um, with mods, uh, I have Fallout 4 looking, and this is a game from, you know, quite a number of years ago compared to this new re newly released game. I have it definitely looking better than Starfield. Starfield's, although, you know, some of the visuals are, are definitely cool. And, uh, I built the USS Defiant as my ship. And it looked, you know, you know, not a hundred percent accurate, obviously, but, uh, I got it pretty close. I feel like, um, and I have, you know, my little base, uh, I did like, uh, Indrasia as a companion, um, but just overall just sort of bland. Yeah. And samey, definitely samey. Like the missions you are doing are it's like they didn't really take any chances. Like uh, when you play a fallout, maybe, maybe less a Skyrim, but definitely a fallout. And maybe it's because of the, I don't I'm going to use the word wackiness, I guess. Um, the, the fact that it can get a little wacky makes it a little more interesting and allows for more variety in mission types. You're not just going here, doing a thing, coming back, going here, doing a thing, coming back. Like Starfield, I would, like eventually you start to recognize things that you've done again and again and again. And like, Oh, it's one of these ones. Ah, okay. It's one of these ones again. And while there were exceptions, one in particular, uh, which I feel like was one of those four to five out of five moments was where you're in this base that's sort of existing in two different dimensions realities and you've got to sort of merge them and decide which reality you're going to have be the actual one sort of thing so uh that one was fun and you're sort of like going back and forth between them so say there's a door in one reality you can't get by you'll go into the other one and see it's been you know torn off its hinges by a giant monster so I guess that's good. <laughs> you can get through the door, like that sort of thing. Uh, uh, you know, I'm making it up a little bit, but that's kind of what it was. Um, yeah. So Starfield, it's because I love Bethesda games. Um, I, I, I think it's the worst one I've played and I still enjoyed a lot of the time I had in the, in, in the realm, but overall it's just, you know, it's kind of made me a little sad. <laughs> All right. Moving on to, oh yeah. Guillermo del Toro's captive of curiosity. So I think, you know, long time listener, if such a person exists, uh, will know that this is a choice of the missus who likes, uh, you know, horror. But, uh, after watching, uh, I, you know, I very much enjoyed it. Well, uh, eight modern horror stories. Yeah. in the tradition of Gothic and grand G grand Gingoli genres. What the hell is that? Grand gig gignol. I don't know how to say that word. Oh wait, isn't there a button on Wikipedia to play? Uh, wait, if, if I do search. Um, pronunciation. Here we go. I don't think you'll hear this. Oh, Perry. Guignol. Grand Guignol. All right. <laughs> well, I was really going in. I just wanted the pronunciation, my man. Come on. Um, anyways. Yeah. Uh, one thing I like about this, although I feel like it didn't do it on the last of the eight episodes was they were all like sort of connected a little bit. Uh, let me tell you which one was my favorite. I think it was the second to last one. Uh, yeah, the viewing wealthy rec. Okay. Yeah. Let me read you the, uh, uh, wiki of, of my favorite one, which was number seven called the viewing in 1979, 
wealthy recluse Lionel Lassiter invites musician Randall Roth, astrophysicist Char- Charlotte Yee, who studies extra- extraterrestrial life, best-selling author Guy Landon, and psychic Targ Reinhardt to his home for a special viewing, tended to help them all expand their consciousnesses. Flanked by his physician, Dr. Zahara, he encourages them all to take a mixture of cocaine and a custom drug made by Zahara to place them on the same wavelength. He takes them to a secret room containing an otherworldly meteor. The meteor reacts to their collective presence, and they fall into a trance. The meteor cracks open and an oozing entity emerges. The power emanating from the being melts Targ's face and Zara's body, explodes Landon's head, and causes Z and Roth to flee for their lives. The entity melts down and possesses Lassiter's body, stalking the grounds of his home and killing his guard with electricity. Z, this is fucked. Z and Roth flee by car, stopping eventually to question what occurred. The entity now now merged with Lassiter into a grisly form, enters the sewers, uh, disrupting the electricity of the city with its uncontrollable aura. (laughs) Um, uh, By the way, uh, uh, Lionel Lassiter, played by motherfucking Peter Weller, Peter Weller, who I met at Fan Expo, got his autograph, on a nerd cane, Google uh, nerd cane adventures. If you want to see what that's all about. Um, uh, he started to, uh, uh, write out the autograph and the, uh, um, uh, or like the pen he was like using to autograph things was not working. So he's like scratching it and he's like, ah, oh, fuck this pen. And he like threw it over his shoulder and then grabbed, uh, uh, uh grabbed another one. So that was fun. Uh, we got Eric Andre. Sophia Butella, uh, Charlene Amanda Yee, Charlene Yee, yeah, she's there. Steve Agee, so good. Yeah, uh, I feel like this episode sort of stands alone too. Well, they all do to some degree, but that one in particular, I feel like I, I would watch again. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. Sort of a, a good character piece. Unlike Saw X. Ugh. You had a, a bad run with the Meg and this of just like boring, no surprises, uh, uh, horror that doesn't really add anything to things we've seen a million times. Uh, uh, a sick and desperate John travels to Mexico uh, for a risky and experimental medical procedure in the hopes of a miracle cure for his cancer, only to discover the entire operation is a scam to defraud the most vulnerable. Yeah, so if you've seen Saw movies, like, one thing I don't get, are we supposed to feel bad for this guy? <laughs> That's, like, this one, it, it really felt like it was trying to make us feel bad for, you know, this guy who brutally murders people. Although, he says he doesn't, he says, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's Saw. It's another Saw movie. We, we The missus and I have seen all the other ones, so I guess we're stuck in this goddamn loop of having to watch the rest of them i think maybe i'm done yeah if they make more saw movies you know that's fine they're i'm over them i'm over saw i've learned rating wise fucking two or something i don't know uh moving on to a television program that i very much did enjoy lower decks star trek Lower Decks. Season 4, yes. All episodes now available. 1 to 10. Uh, season 5 has been greenlit. Which is nice. Uh, and I guess is in the works. I don't know where it is. Uh, the first episode, Tuvix. Actually, that was one of the best ones. Um, it was like Tuvok, but not Tuvok and Neelix. That, uh, remember that? Remember that thing? Um, okay, since I've been talking for way too long, I'm going to try to speed through these. Uh, uh, this was the last Star Trek until sometime in like mid to late 2024, So, uh, uh, which I think is when the last season of Discovery is coming. 
So for that reason as well, uh, it was nice to go out with a bang. The bang, of course, being a, a whole bunch of great episodes of these uh, uh, characters who I like in this world that I love. Hmm, how about that? Uh, moving on to, oh, zero punctuation ends as the escapist faces mass resignations. Yeah. So this is a sad one. Um, so were I to, okay, let's go back here. Um, going to go back to my, my email of before. I want to see, cause I should just leave this open at this point. The escapist. Oh no, no. Uh, zero punctuation. Zero punctuation. <sighs> okay, so I feel like before that even. Zero punctuation. What is this? So in twenty ten. I sent myself an email uh, linking to zero punctuation, <laughs> but uh, I was trying to see which episode it first appeared on. Uh, weekly various video site checklist. What is this? I don't remember doing this. So I made a spreadsheet. Oh, wow. Huh. Okay, so this is a, a the, the title of this email is Weekly Various Video Site Checklists. So I've got uh, Around the Net, which was from G4 TV. This is also from 2010. Clark and Michael. What the hell is Clark and Michael? Wow, this is a. Oh, it's still there. Clark and Michael, episode one. Oh, Michael Sarah. Oh, and it's Michael Clark Duncan. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, episode one. This is on CBS on YouTube. Wow. I, f I found my own little rabbit hole here. Uh, we got College Humor. Oh, yeah. Uh, feedback. That's another G4. Freeman's Mind. Oh, well, that's crazy because I recently, between Starfield and Fallout, I did a Half-Life 2 long play, which that's what Freeman's Mind basically is. Uh, Funny or Die. I hit it with my axe. Oh, I remember that. It was one of my original sort of actually seeing what D&D &D is. Uh, uh, yeah, it's where a bunch of uh, porn actresses play Dungeons and Dragons. It's also from Escapist. We got Jake and Amir, Kevin Polk's chat show. Oh my God! Yeah, that was the first podcast I ever listened to. I've, and I, as I used to say, and have it in years, is uh, I, I came for the Lavar Burton and stayed for the Kevin Pollock because episode one was with Lavar Burton. I'm like, oh, what is this? An interview with Lavar Burton? Okay, let me check that out. Legend of Neil. Oh my God. F and funny, yeah. Modern Family, Monkey Magazine. What's Monkey Magazine? Well, it's not even a thing anymore. Whatever it was. Uh, Parks and Rec, Sessler's Soapbox, Wayne Days. Oh man, I loved Wayne Days. Um, and Zero Punctuation to round it out. Wow, what a little blast from the past there. That's kind of cool. So in 2010, I guess that's where I would check all those sites uh and then <laughs> you know watch things whereas now i'm mostly youtube uh okay so what is this episode 322 of this podcast uh, i did talk of zero punctuation there you are uh the game i played was dead island the book i read was running with demons by terry brooks I spoke of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2 Finale, and the movies were Leon the Professional, Jen Kirkman, I'm Gonna Die Alone, and I Feel Fine, and Take Shelter. Hmm. Interesting. 
Uh, okay, interesting and sad because zero punctuation has been around for a very long time. Uh, I do recall, which I don't know why it didn't show up, but I, I'm almost positive that I've been speaking of zero punctuation on this podcast since I started in 2012, which sort of makes sense as I was apparently watching it since 2010. Um, and now it is sadly no more because greedy corporations found they weren't making the uh, amount of money they hoped to be making. Basically capitalism, ruining art, ruining art once again. <sighs> Imagine if you will, a society in which capitalism was not, uh, capitalism and the, the, the sort of insatiable need to have monetary growth no matter what. Hmm? Imagine instead we did anything else. <laughs> Fuck. Be so good. Uh, but uh, no. Uh, so while uh, uh, Ben Yahtzee Croshaw, uh, I guess Yahtzee is middle name, uh, uh, nickname, sorry, um, is moving on. He doesn't have the rights to zero punctuation. That is owned by the, the uh, escapist, and I guess the parent company. Um, so while he's moving on, and I have followed on, uh, yeah, shoot, what's it called? Uh, I do want to actually, a second win. Uh, yeah. So there's a Discord server. Should I join that, maybe? Mm, I followed the YouTube channel. Um, for Discord, I, I kind of, you know, I don't want to join too many Discords. I, I feel like I've already joined too many. Uh, I want to keep it a little more limited, because, I don't know. Anyways, uh, uh, just a, a sort of sad state of affairs, and will be missed. So I, I, I did want to mention, especially since it's been sort of intertwined with this podcast for a very, very long time. Uh, all right, moving on to a good horror movie. Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. From 2003. Now, when I say good, I definitely mean so bad it's good. Freddy Cougar and Jason Voorhees return to terrorize the teenagers of Elm Street. Only this time, they're out to get each other, too. Yeah. They don't get along well. For some reason. Mm-hmm. Kelly Rowland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's funny because, uh, this is when I watched this and then the like day after I, uh, I came into her uh, room and she was listening to Kelly Rowland. So I, I guess it triggered something in her, a desire to, uh, to listen to Kelly Rowland. Uh, anyways, yeah. Um, Robert England, who I also had the pleasure of meeting at a fan expo, uh, uh, just so perfect and i feel like of all the nightmare on elm street movies which i guess this kind of is one uh this is where he gets to shine the most uh, his real freddiness comes out uh, uh just to a insane degree and it's delightful delightful uh it's kind of campy uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously i feel like which is a, a which is a good thing um and overall, if you haven't seen Freddy vs. Jason, come on. The title alone, am I right? It's dumb, it's fun, uh, boobs, you know, everything you want in a uh, early aughts horror movie. So, uh, 5 out of 5, yeah. I've probably watched it 4 or 5 times over the years. Uh, and I kind of don't get but the missus really likes it as well and i kind of don't get that <laughs> like she normally doesn't like stupid movies and this is one so whatever moving on to from 2023 hey that's this year oppenheimer uh, oh 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 no okay i was gonna say we're supposed to watch barbie this weekend but we went with uh, the next movie I'm going to talk about instead. Anyways, uh, I really like this. The story of American scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic bomb. I like it because it's... Uh, I, I think what it does is something that I enjoy in a lot of movies, which is sort of leaves it up to the audience to decide a lot of things. Like, 
is it painting Oppenheimer in a positive light? Uh, it probably leans that way. But also, it sort of lets you at least realize that... Let's see, uh, are we going to believe the accuracy of this? Does Oppenheimer... I, I got to assume he's a human being, right? And, and, you know, the movie sort of posits this as well, which I guess makes sense. Does he feel responsibility for bringing into the world this weapon of horrible destruction? I would assume, yes, in real life he does. And, and maybe he's spoken of this and, and the movie makes it make us think he does. And, and I feel like that's accurate. Like any, thinking rational non-psychopathic human being is going to have these feelings so the fact that they are shown in the movie seems accurate uh i love the science of everything um the missus said she didn't like this movie because it made her feel dumb but i then of course let her know not knowing you know, uh, 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 quantum physics <laughs> doesn't mean you're dumb. Uh, the little I know of quantum physics, just enough to have a, a, a vague, very vague appearance of knowing what I'm talking about. That is, I assure you, just a, a shadow of a, a vagueness, a shadow of a vagueness of a not reality. Uh, you know, even that is. Like, what the hell's going on here? How do these people understand this stuff? Um, you know, there's that. Rating-wise, you know, acting incredible. Story, yeah, interesting. History, geez, do I go five out of five? Some five out of five moments, but overall four out of five. And you know what? I think this actually does lend itself for a good Sunday movie. Although, you know, there's some thinking, thinking, and, um, you don't necessarily want that on a Sunday movies that make you think. <laughs> so I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll stand by that part of it, but Oppenheimer, yeah, I, I would, uh, recommend interesting stuff. Moving on to, from also 2023, uh, obviously this is a choice of the Mrs. Ex the Exorcist colon Believer. The Exorcist colon Belieber would be fun if someone made a poster with this with Justin Bieber in it. Mm-hmm. Um, when two girls disappear into the woods and return three days later with no memory of what happened to them, the father of one girl, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, it's, you know, The Exorcist. Oh, why are they showing paranormal activity in the preview window? That I don't like. That Because that's a scary movie. This, on the other hand... Uh, not so much. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends. Like, uh, I was telling them, the missus that the original exorcist, I don't personally find scary, but I know a lot of people do like my, my dad, for example, can't watch it. And like, even to mention it would like freak him out. Um, and does it have to do with the fact that when it came out, at the time it was unlike any other horror movies that existed or and it's my dad's not like a religious person but i could see if you were a religious person and watched a movie like this um you know f the fear of that <laughs> the religious fear could have an effect on you yeah you know i i, I can rationally understand the irrationality of religious fear <laughs> Uh, which I feel like they really lay into on this one to the degree where instead of just the, a Catholic priest, you've got like a, a Baptist, you've got like a televangelist, you've got like a, a, a would she be like a voodoo practitioner of some sort? Like, uh, uh, that I, I actually did like that, how it was a bunch of different religions coming together to try to you know, stop this evil force. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl, what was her name? She was good. Uh, Lydia Jewett. Uh, the main guy, Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, what else has he been in? Like, I recognize the name. Hamilton, Central Park, One Night in Miami. Glass Onion. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, he was good. 
I'd like to see more of him. Um, and who's, is there Leslie Odom Sr.? <laughs> Anyways, rating-wise, uh, my issue is very predictable. Yeah, not a lot in the way of surprises. And, you know, I, I was never scared. There was, a, they did try to do a bunch of dumb jump scares as well, which was sort of annoying. Uh, all in all, like, I'd probably go two, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, the, the makeup on, uh, uh, the, the possessed girl, uh, made her look like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, vampire. That as well. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess that, oh no, no, there's a few more things, I think. A few things in my notes. Is it just that? No more zero punctuation. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, uh, we'll save that for last. Uh, I've got here uh, Germa Two Pod. Get some examples. Dot dot dot. Long drive. Yeah. So I've been watching this guy uh, Germa Nine Eight Five. Yeah, I think so. He's a streamer. Apparently, he's been around for a long time, and somehow I just stumbled across him in my, you know, internet travels. Um, despite the fact that he's very much up my alley, seemingly. In that he's just sort of a, a, a fun, kind of a, a, a goofball. Yeah, let's call him a goofball. And I feel like, I don't think he would take offense at that. Uh, because he's a, a young, dumb, and full of fun. Basically. Yeah, so he plays video games and <laughs> is... Uh, I don't know if he's got a... Um, perhaps slightly on the spectrum aren't we all really it's a spectrum after all um and sometimes his reactions to things are humorous mm -hmm. yeah let's say that uh he played the long drive that was a delight to watch um there was baseball uh, i've just got four point form notes so let me just read them long drive Baseball Ball Fondler 69. Fuck. Uh, Germa Tupod, get some examples. General Clip Compilation, also good. Okay, well, so I didn't do that. <laughs> you know what, I was going to leave it at that. Baseball Ball Fondler 69, congratulations. You've been referenced with no reference. Last but not least, yesterday I watched the... Uh, a series finale of Taskmaster Series 16. Uh, if it was, it was either last episode or the one before where I made a prediction of who the winner was going to be. Uh, my prediction uh, was Sue Perkins. Now, not to spoil Taskmaster Series 16. You know what? If you're watching Taskmaster to see who wins, I feel like you're kind of doing it wrong. Like that's not the, it's like watching, uh, listening to Doughboys for the food reviews. If you know what I mean? Anyways, I'm, I'm going to spoil who won Taskmasters series 16. Now it wasn't Sue Perkins. Yeah. She really let me down. Uh, I remember saying in that episode again, last or the one before, when uh, Jody Whitaker became the new Doctor Who, my uh, prediction before that happened, uh, and, and you know, like I wasn't betting money, I was just throwing this name out with the thought that she would be good at it. And you know, it's not insane, I didn't think, uh, was that Sue Perkins would potentially be the new uh, Doctor Who. I feel like she'd be great on it, anyways. Uh, I, I thought when I saw her on Taskmaster series 16, you know what? I'm going to put my money on her again. She let me down once, but surely she won again. She's going to win this. And she always seems, you know, intelligent and you know, whatever. I'm going to pick her again. No, she came in a second to last. <laughs> uh, that being said, she's a delight. The whole season was, and look at me. I didn't spoil it other than to say it wasn't Sue Perkins. Hey, we did it, folks. Another episode. We'll have a, another episode next month. You never know. You never know. Uh, I do have D&D &D and, uh, oh yeah. It's like I got up way too early today. I got up at like 2.30. 
which is a dentist's least favorite time. Tooth hurty. Hmm? Tooth hurt e. <sighs> um, so it's like 4.30 now, which means I got a bunch of hours to kill. Oh, maybe I'll watch the new Doctor Who. It actually came out yesterday. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser. I guess that's that. But, uh, you know, it's been nice to have this chat. I, I, I do, despite not recording to the degree that I used to, I do enjoy getting these, uh, you know, once a month or kind of whenever, whenever I feel like it episodes out. Uh, that being said, if you crave more of the dulcet tones of my voice for some reason, uh, you can go over to, uh, as I said, Librarian Long Plays. A lot of my uh, creative energies are going into that because uh, I'm having fun doing it. Also, uh, you know, and I'll just mention Practical Heroes as well, uh, which is the D&D uh, &D actual play uh, podcast slash streaming thing uh, where we recorded yesterday. It was a fun episode. Uh, Practical Heroes on Twitch, YouTube, anywhere you can get podcasts like this one. Hey, look at that. Plugs at the end of a thing, like a professional might do. Huh. It's nice to be nice to the nice. That was...